What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Dusty Dimes with your host, TJ Plotter, and myself, Mike Warfield. Uh, before we get this episode started, today's podcast is sponsored by Bear Beards. If you guys are trying to enhance your beards, go to Etsy.com and type in Bear Beards for all your needs. Um, today, for most people who know this gentleman, he is a two-time Stanley Cup Stanley champion uh, in 2013 and 2015 for the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Flyers hometown favorite for us here at Dusty Dimes and truly someone I looked up to when I was a young player um, playing hockey and for most people that don't know ladies and gentlemen Dan Carcillo so for us Dan Carcillo has been an idol for mine since I was a little kid and a lot of people think that he was just like how do you say a bruiser on the ice and just kind of off the ice as well but in reality he's just a generally a nice human being Absolutely. I, I agree. I had, I had the honor and I'll, I'll bring it up here. You know, I, I met him during the Flyers alumni versus the, Fly, the Pens game and mm-hmm. the guy, the guy was, he was awesome. Yeah. And that's what I mean, man. Like he's truly a nice human being and same with Riles. Like he knows Riley Cote, you know, firsthand. They just did a, a one day tournament in my hometown, Bethlehem. So it's kind of one of those things that, you know, I really look forward to what he has to say and what he brings to the table. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. But, so, ladies and gentlemen, how are you, Dan? So, how are you, man? Good, man. How are you guys? Uh, Good. Not too shabby, Good. man. So, Dan, go ahead, Deej. Nah, Dan, we, we're, you know, we're excited for you to be on. And, you know, first and foremost, we want to commend you for going against the man, per se, educating us on topics and discussing out loud the truths. Of your time in junior and in the NHL, can you can you touch on that? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's uh, I guess it's against the status quo um, mm-hmm. because I haven't taken a job post career in hockey. Um, there's obviously a lot of trauma that happened um, to me physically, mentally, emotionally, um, and there's a lot of things that I've I've had to resolve. Um, as far as my relationship with with hockey and then my relationship with the NHL and then my relationship with the OHL. And I view those as three separate things um, because I love the game of hockey. Uh, I just, um, you know, I have some uh, obviously some things to continue to work through uh, with what happened to me in junior and in the NHL. It's uh, it's not an easy fix, but I'm getting to a point now where I'm being where I'm actually grateful um, for the abuse that I've went through, uh, to get to this point, to be able to talk to you guys, um, mm-hmm. and to be able to try to educate people on signs and symptoms of obviously brain health, brain trauma, um, anxiety, depression, uh, and the subsequent mental health issues that can arise. So, um, you know, and it's one of those things that I just watched a, uh, recent interview that you just had with Chris Cyborg, uh, from the UFC, and with your discussion with her, you bring up how she always said to fight for other people who can't fight and how she's the voice of the voiceless. And for my question to you is, would you kind of consider yourself the voice of the voiceless, not only for the sport of hockey, but kind of for all those athletes who are scared to speak up for what they believe in? Um, yeah, somebody mentioned that to me. They put up a graphic and, and that's what they said that I was. And I guess in some terms I am, you know, like today just happens to be a day where Steve monitors on my mind a lot today and um and he doesn't have a voice anymore and his family does and i mm-hmm. do um <laughs> is that in the right manner and um you know some people 
um, think it's selfish what I'm what I say about the about the NHL, but really, um, it's an education process uh, for people to understand that sport related concussions. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as a car accident concussion. There's no such thing as a fall concussion. And I think once Steve's trial goes to um, uh, court, um, then people will realize what actually happened to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that they'll be able to stomach it. And I truly believe that it, it has the potential to change the world, to change the world as how we look at uh, brain trauma and these uh, protocols that we have in place right now. Um, so th- that's why I'm just, uh, you know, I try to carry the message and, um, and do it in the most poignant way and honest and vulnerable way, because I feel like that's how, that's where people um, attach themselves to the story. And uh, if your son or daughter or, or you've played professional sports, then, you know, you should be concerned. And if this, if this triggers you in, in any way, then uh, continue to follow it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you won't be disappointed with the information that, that you will get because then you'll be educated and you'll be able to protect your kids and you'll know exactly who to listen to um, when it comes to consensus statements uh, for our return to play and return to work protocol. Yeah, I, I touching on that, Dan, is, it, you know, as a parent of two boys, you know, my wife and I were talking about this beforehand, you know, and it's you've given a lot of self-awareness and giving us things to look out for as well. Yeah. So, um, no, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm glad to hear that. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the only reason that I was doing, doing that, like actively yeah. being on social media. And really it was a journey to try to regain my brain health for my own family. I have three young kids and uh, a wife and I'm really like, you know, it sounds selfish, but not even for my family, man, for myself, yeah. you know, just, just start with yourself and, um, and then everything else will kind of, will kind of follow. And that's, that's what, that's where I've been on this path. And I'm glad that I showed everybody how angry, frustrated, sad. I'm glad that that came out in the message. And I, there's still going to be days where I am like that. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. And, um, you're a human being, man. I mean, I'm human, human, but I was also sick. I still am trying to heal. So I I really want people to realize that, you know, the, the way we view social media and, and this finished product, well, I'm going to show you the whole process mm-hmm. and I don't care what you think about me. Um, you know, and I'm going to, and when I'm mad, you're going to know I'm mad. And when I'm frustrated, you're going to know I'm frustrated. And when I'm healing, you're going to know that I'm healing. And now I think I've found this alternative way of healing. Uh, I've confirmed it to myself through science. And so now I'm not an anecdotal story anymore. And you, it's, it's going to be harder and harder to deny what I have to say because there's science backing it. Yeah, you you know what's funny, man? It's, you know, as a kid, I always watched you on TV and I never knew the true story on what you went through growing up as a kid, you know, going from the O and making your way to the NHL. And even watching you, I always, you know, looked up to, I literally looked up to you every single game and everyone was like, oh, you know, don't take it the wrong way. But like, how are you a Dan Carcillo fan? All he does is go out and hit people and try to fight people. And I'm like, always thinking to myself, like, there's more behind the story than what meets the eye and you know when you brought up the story when you were bullied and you know I don't mean to touch bring up any touchy subjects but when you brought up the story when you were bullied and oh it brought up stories for me where you know when I was playing 18 double a and stuff like that where I had guys if I messed up certain plays you know they'd be super hard on me to where I wouldn't even want to show up to games to practices and 
you know, listening to your story, it made me relate a lot to what I had to deal with and not necessarily mentally, but also my anxiety and my social issues. And it made me be able to address them, I guess you could say, as a young kid. So for me to hear you say that, I appreciate it, man. Like, honestly. Oh, man. Thank you for telling me that. And that's like the stuff that keeps me going. Right. Is when yep. people yeah. like you tell me that. And uh, knowing that, you know, I do get a lot of shit, man. I get a lot of flack. And uh, but that's OK. You know, mm-hmm. you're going up, you're going up against a big machine and you're really going up against really close minded, a really close minded community um, where they think that you have to suffer in order to gain, which I believe couldn't be further from the truth. And if we can use, um, uh, you know, positivity and consciousness and love uh, and, and being present while you play rather than using anger, frustration and sadness, think about the amount of energy you get from gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, than that you get from anger and control and frustration, right? So yep. um, really, it's just a new way of thinking, to be honest with you. And it could be applied to athletics as well as life. And, you know, it's one of those things that um, I'm a local of the Lehigh Valley. And I know, you know, Riles really well. And I play men's league with him, you know, every so often. I work for the Phantoms with their equipment staff for a few seasons. And for me, I was able to see how you say the true side of Riley and how he was truly like a genuine down to earth human being that just wants to help people. And when he got away from the hockey world, as you can say, and for instance, he's pushing his hemp heels. And then when I found out you guys were, you know, teaming up for that one day tournament, you know, that's the type of things that I love to see for um, not even professional athletes, but just down to earth people that want to actually help people and spread awareness is my question to you. Is there any chance that you're going to, you know, do something like that again? Yeah, for sure. And uh, Riley is a big guy uh, in my life. He's the guy who kind of made the intervention and introduced Mm -hmm. me to a new way of healing. And um, so I'll be forever grateful to him. He really did save my life uh, by inviting me down to Boulder. Um, And, uh, yeah, we're definitely going to be doing things moving forward together. Um, and and it's really, really exciting, to be honest with you, um, to be able to brainstorm with somebody who I, who I, you know, shared a career with, but also a really close friendship with and continue to. So um, everything that Riley's doing is, is really on the cutting edge and um, and he's bang on. And uh, and I'm just grateful that, you know, he took the time to really uh, wait on me because he, he'd asked me a bunch of times to. Um, you know, to try and to, and to try something different. And I just wasn't ready. And so, um, you know, Riley Cote and, and his company, Body Check Wellness, is they're doing amazing things. And uh, to your point, he's one of the most genuine guys I know. And, um, and, and if he goes to war for you, then, you know, you can feel confident that you have a warrior in your corner. And, and he does things ethically in the right way. And those are the people that I like to stick, stick by, stick close to. Um, because he does ruffle feathers, but it doesn't matter because he, he stays true to the message. And it's um, it's something that I try to emulate. Absolutely, Absolutely man. And Dan, I, the, the one question I do have is, you know, do other do other NHL players, you know, former and recent, you know, today players reach out to you with, you know, head injuries and, you know, brain injuries to prevent more injuries and death to players? Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of active players that, that reach out to me. There's, there's a bunch of, you know, young kids too, that are going Mm -hmm. through, 
some things uh, actively in the league and uh, they have questions. Is this the right way? What should I do to protect myself? Um, and a lot of things that come up is you're playing in a league that, mm-hmm. that denies a link between repetitive head trauma and neurological mm-hmm. diseases. I don't even like saying the word CT because it's just, it's, it's, it's too blown up. Yeah. Um, you're just at risk three or more traumatic brain injuries. You're 80% more susceptible to uh, neurological diseases like Alzheimer's, dementia, Parkinson's, and CT. Yeah. Um, oh, shit. Yeah. And, and like, it's something that you should know. And I know that these guys aren't actively getting the information, um, the proper understanding, and then take it a step further. They're not getting properly diagnosed and they're not getting properly cared for because, again, they play in a league that doesn't really believe that you need treatment <laughs> for brain injury or brain damage. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I just give them the honest information and what it looks like right now. And, um, you know, there, there's also things happening behind the scenes. Uh, with a 501c3 that is going to attempt to come out. Um, I'm going to probably be a part of it uh, and make their own consensus statements that are going to rival the consensus statements that are made by, um, by industry leaders paid for by industry doctors of the NHL, the NFL and rugby. So, um, you know, understanding all of this stuff and understanding who's making these consensus statements and protocols um, that'll all come out in the trial. And I think, um, I think that parents and people are going to be pissed off. Yeah. Um, oh, once yeah. Once you look at that, and once you see that 28 of the 40 doctors who made the last uh, consensus statements in Berlin, mm-hmm. 28 of them, okay, um, 16 of them are employed by the NFL or have strong relationships to the NFL, eight of them to the NHL, and that's a league that denies that link, and then four of them are rugby. So you have over 70% of the 40 doctors tied to major collision sports. So now, just from that standpoint, do you really think that um, that you're getting – do you think they're erring on the side of caution? Absolutely or do not. do you think that – No way. Right, because their title is what? It's sports medicine. Yep. So what do they serve first? Sports. Sport. Yep. So just understand that and know where to get your treatment. And nowhere to go after you're not under the care of those doctors and, you, and your contract is up. You can, as soon as that year ends, you can go wherever the, you know, wherever the hell you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, you don't worry, Dad, you don't have to hold back. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Uh, yeah, you go wherever the fuck you want. You, know, you, you, don't, you don't have to listen to them. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, and it's so fear-based, right? That job is so fear-based that if you don't listen to them, guess what happens? You get fired. your job. Yep. Yeah. That's and, bullshit. Um, it is. It is. And, you know, um, I think that once these guys get the proper information, maybe the NHLPA can go to bat for them. That would be an anomaly. Um, and actually fight for them and actually do this research on their own. Why does a retiree mm-hmm. who they've actually shunned out have to go and do all this? Um, and... You know, like the first three letters in the NHLPA are NHL. And yep. so right there, you know, you can be skeptical of what they're actually going to do. Um, so anyway, that, that's, that's just like a, a broad stroke overview of what's actually happening as it, uh, as it pertains to brain injuries and concussions. And then take it a step further. Uh, there's a big pharma for concussions. Mm-hmm. And you Correct. can see that everywhere. And mm-hmm. I know that there's a big pharma for concussions because on one hand, 28 of these people that made these consensus statements say that we can go back to sport and work after 5.8 days with no symptoms. And then on the other hand, they're saying, well, you know, if you do have symptoms, 
um, you might want to come to my concussion clinic uh, because I can treat you for them. And so 5.8 days, yeah, concussions really aren't that bad. But now let me put my other hat on. And if you're in that 20% of people that can't get healthy, yeah, concussions are really bad. So you need to come to my concussion clinic and I'll fix you. So uh, these doctors, they get this fame and notoriety off of being affiliated with these major sports leagues. And then guess what they get? They get to capitalize on that. That means more money in their pocket and people yep. go to their clinic. So Jesus um, Christ. I just want people to understand this, man. Um, my, my question to you, Dan, is like, you know, since you as been, have been speaking out towards the league and everything like that, have you noticed um, a greater increase of, say, medical staff on hand compared to when you used to play? Um. Yeah, I mean, no, like not in the sense of a neurologist. Okay. Um, you know, uh, teams. So what I learned is teams can bring on whoever they want. Really? Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, and they still refuse to. Holy because shit. Do you really want to bite the hand that, you know, that feeds you? So, yeah. Uh, you yeah. can't admit fault. So what you're going to see until all these lawsuits are settled, they're not going to be able to make any drastic changes or any drastic admissions. Um, uh you know, because these lawsuits are still active and it would look like an admission of guilt. Correct. And so what you have is a whole league at risk because there's, you know, 10 or 15 lawsuits waiting in the wind. And these people are not going to stop. And I am not going to stop. Good. And, and um, it, I don't care how much money it costs me or my family. If I have to declare bankruptcy, if I lose. Yeah. Um, because then I'll be on the hook for my own bills. I do not care. Um, I'm going and I'm seeing this this thing all the way through now now touching on that as well you know you're helping players like we all know like eric lindros had a bunch of you know traumatic brain injuries along with simone Gagne and keith primo and andrew alberts do you keep in contact with those guys to help them out in the long run yeah oh yeah well alberts for sure mm-hmm. um and yep. not uh not eric no unfortunately okay um and, um, you know, there's different reasons for that and reasons that I won't go into right here on this. Podcast. Fair enough. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. But yeah, no, I definitely try to, you know, I brought Andrew and, and Nick down to Florida with me when I went yes, to yeah. the Placicity Center. And, you know, Andrew helped me um, because what I learned at the Placicity Center uh, was that because I retired at the age of 30, I was eligible um for uh, a claim that the NHLPA didn't tell me about. Uh, a That's claim, fucked. A claim that, could, <laughs> a claim that could cover my medical expenses right now. So, <laughs> holy shit. Uh, you know, it's good to lean on other players, you know, because you, you start learning about different things. And um, so that's another, you know, another fight on a different front that I have to fight yeah. now. Um, but uh, it just speaks to, you know, how how much these unions are actually in your corner, you know? Um, So uh, it's good to stay close to players because at the end of the day, you know, hockey and hockey has always been about players helping players. It's it's, absolutely, it's never been about let's rely on the management staff. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so. Dan, has there been, I mean, you don't have to answer this, but has there been a certain NHL organization that, you know, did have your back in a sense with, you know, your situation? No, nobody. Ah, no, shit. I've been I've been blackballed. 
Which, that, which, that's fucked up shit. Which, listen, I'm not. I am not complaining about it. Okay. Yeah. Like, I knew. Yeah. When, yeah, yeah. Forth on this path that uh, you're gonna lose friends who are still actively employed by them, and they just will not be able to talk to you. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what's happened specifically here in Chicago. And but I still have the the people that still talk to me that don't listen to that um, direction are my true friends. You know, and uh, that's what I those are the people that I move forward with. And there's still lots of them. And it doesn't need to be 50 of them. You know, um, it's uh, it's a it's a solid handful. And, and that's that's how I move forward with those relationships. You know, people that understand that I'm doing this for them, you know, that it's um, it's not an attention grab. It's uh, it's to help to educate. And I love how oh, you absolutely. Go absolutely. Ahead. I, I, no, absolutely. I was gonna say I love how that also, you know, when I was watching your interview with uh, Chris Cyborg, you know, you even said that you reach out to certain athletes, even like you saw her eyes roll back after the one couple or the one blow, and it's like you felt like you had to reach out to her, and you know, you didn't have to, you know what I mean? It, it's one yeah. of those things that if you wanted to let her just keep doing her own thing, you would have done that, but you just truly cared about trying to spread the word and like just showing her the real meaning behind actually getting help instead of just like, you know, brushing her under the rug, I guess you can say, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and Mike, Mike, he, and Dan said it perfectly in there. He says, we all can help each other. Exactly. It's a perf- perfect yeah. quote. Yeah, man. I mean, um, it's, these are human issues. So mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know, even for people that have never played a sport um, that have, that have experienced this, uh, they're human issues. And, um, it doesn't matter if you're a boxer, if you're a UFC fighter, um, if you're a diver, if you're a rower, if you're a, a bicyclist, if you are a hockey player, if you're a regular Joe going to work and you get hit on the head. Um, these are all human issues. We just deal with trauma at uh, different levels hours. of, in, of intensity. Is- so, um, you know, that's that's how I always lead forth. So that's why I can go talk to veterans. I can go talk to first responders. Um, I can focus on these communities that have almost been overlooked and uh, you can get these people who, who save lives on a regular basis to improve their quality of life. And yeah. that's, that's what I'm most interested in is, is just helping and helping anybody. And it's not specific to athletes. Um, you know, uh, it, it can be any walk of life. Um, and really you don't have to have your head hit to be able to, um, you know, digest what I'm talking about because brain health is all encompassing. And if you're dealing with mental health issues and mental illness from a very young age, um, the protocol that I've found can work for you as well. That's phenomenal, man. I mean, I'll tell you right now, it's one of those things too, that you're trying to basically expand, not, not necessarily like 21st century, like, um, how do I say education, but like, you're trying to make it better for us in, in this generation, this society, and to basically make it okay to speak up for what's not necessarily wrong, but for what's right for your own body. You know what I mean? It's kind of one of those things that if you feel that you do have, you know, a traumatic brain injury, you should go get checked instead of just pushing it underneath the cover. That's the thing that kills me, man. I have, I coach 16 year olds now and I have um, one or two kids that I definitely think had a few bells rung. I, I, I guess you could say, and they just don't want to get checked out. And it frustrates me because I just want them to be healthy instead of damaging themselves in the long run. That makes sense. Yeah. 
And what do you what do you what, what do you say about that, Dan? For young kids that that want to play through the pain and think they're going to miss a shift in a game, is do you have thoughts on that? Well, I mean, number one, it's scary to mm-hmm. um, go in for a brain scan to check your brain health. Um, and number two, if you're trying to play through it, um, there's there's already been recommendations made back in the the 1960s. Um, that three or more traumatic brain injuries, and you should probably consider stopping all professional sports if that's where you got them from, or even yeah. just sports in general. Um, so really understanding brain injury, understanding that brain injury leads to brain damage, and brain damage puts you at more risk for neurological degenerative diseases. Uh, then understanding that you're, you know, 0.001% of professional of athletes will make a paycheck playing professional sports playing the sport they love so is it worth the risk you just you always want to try to monetize um you know the risk to reward situation and uh that's why i was so frustrated like my my last year and really every year because everyone's like well you knew what you you knew how are you supposed to know nobody knew yeah okay nobody knew Mm -hmm. and nobody was educated Mm -hmm. And they didn't even say the word concussion because guess Yeah. Uh, to play hockey after your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth. Uh, Steve had upward 15 that he was cleared. Jesus. Holy shit. So um, that's, that's when your cup will overflow and uh, it'll be really hard to reverse the effects. Well, you said it, you said it well yourself in, in one of the interviews I saw you had. It was, there was emails from 1997 that weren't distributed, correct? Uh, yep, yep, yep. That, that's um, sick. It's uh, sick and, sickening. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, um, you know, they took off uh, the word dementia when they, and I put this very loosely because I never saw a photo or a poster mm-hmm. that they say they put in these rooms. It, yeah. Um, but they took that off because, uh, the, well, the NHLPA actually recommended they take that off. Uh, They don't want to scare guys, (laughs) you know, because again, being honest about this stuff will scare guys, you know, and uh, you know, it's, it sounds shitty to say, but the guys who are playing now, and if you've been playing up to, you know, and if you've made the NHL, not to say it's too late for you, but you definitely have brain damage. Oh Uh, yeah. And you're going to need to do, you're going to need to do a lot of work to recover from it when you're done playing, you know? And the worst sure. part is, I mean, you, you see that in, in some of the guys, too. I mean, it, it's almost like you look at them, they have PTSD in a sense. And it, you, it's not necessarily that you feel bad, but you want them to get help because when you see them on the ice, they're completely different human beings. Like, you see them as, you know, almost like a gladiator, basically is what, you know, most people would call it. Uh, enforcers were apparently the gladiators, you know. But in reality, you don't sign up for that job it's kind of like what you're molded into going, like you said, going through juniors all the way up to the show. And for you guys, you guys pay the, you know, the toll at the end of it and you don't deserve that. Yeah. I mean, they do a really good job of like subconsciously when we're young, she, me, right. It's different now, but mm-hmm. the most popular videos out there were Rock'em Sock'em by Don yep. Cherry. And what is that? the biggest hits fights uh saves and goals but mostly hits and fights and um you know they actively sold the game in those emails that came out they say Mm -hmm. it you know we sell 
uh, violence and hate. We sell rivalries, you know, and uh, that's what they sold to a bunch of young kids in Canada coming up when I was coming up and the enforcer role still existed. Now it doesn't. They're mm-hmm. getting taught a new way to play the game, which is great. Yep. They've made some changes uh, as far as uh, when you can hit, which is great. Um, but uh, they could still do a lot more. And, um, you know, hopefully hopefully some change, some real change really starts to, to happen here soon in the next couple of years. Dan, you know, speaking nice. of uh, rivalries and stuff like that, it's kind of one of those things, too. Like, when you played for Philly, you know, when you played against Pittsburgh, it's almost like – you know, you and the Max Talbot incident where, like, you guys went to town at each other. You know, is that one of those things that going against your rival, you know, for, you know, for an enforcer or a guy that's, you know, willing to stick up for any one of his teammates, do you know you're going to kind of go that next game, even though it's against your rivals? Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's always a list of two or three or any given night that can fight. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, depending on how tough those guys are and if we have tougher guys, dictate the way that you're going to play but um, but let's let's be honest though you i mean as a young kid you didn't want to you know join the nhl to be a fighter right i mean you wanted to go no, and man, score goals a, be like any other <laughs> yeah i was a 30 goal scorer in junior and you know i didn't get drafted as a fighter because i only fought four times in three years um, holy shit but, uh, i didn't even know that it, you know like you you're groomed for it. It was always in me. And then that stuff, the abuse happened in the OHL. And, and then I can kind of, the writing was on the wall with, with how I played because I could see that I was suffering through that trauma throughout my career. Um, and, uh, and just trying to, you know, use the game as an emotional release, something that I've done from a very young age. So, um, but yeah, man, I mean, even the messaging that you get when you're young and, uh, about being tough and, um, you know, no pain, no gain. And, um, you know, you have to suffer for your teammates and that's when you get respect. And, um, you know, I just, I don't think that that thought process really holds any water anymore, especially with the way the game's being taught, because I was, I was taught to take my opponent's will away to actually physically take his will away to actually think about touching that puck. And now it's about passing and backdoor plays and power plays and, uh, which is which is great. That's what it should be about. That's what hockey's about: is speed and skill and finesse. Absolutely, and that's one thing I like seeing in the NHL nowadays compared to, yeah. like you said, like you don't see a lot of fights anymore, unless it, it, it's like a fight that is necessary, where you know one of your top guys gets hit from behind, or it's a scummy play. Obviously, you know someone has his number then, but. You know, even in juniors, um, TJ and I both worked in the junior uh, world for a little bit, and we never deliberately had one kid say, like, hey, listen, I'm only here to fight, or, like, hey, I only want to fight. Like, every single kid had the same idea that you had, that I want to go out and score 30 points, you know, within my season or 30 goals a season and, you know, move on to the next level. Like, I just don't understand why – you know, fighting was such a big deal when you played to where now it's nowhere to be found in a sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I think if you look at the culture uh, of even just the world, um, mm-hmm. we're definitely living in a softened society because everybody has access to information now and they Correct. think they know it all. Um, whereas, you know, back in the day, it was uh-huh. kind of you don't talk about your feelings and you do something wrong, you're going to get hit for it. And I mean, that was pretty standard across the board um, for when I was growing up. And so um, I just think that, you know, uh, as society changes, then 
you know, sports need to adapt with that. And I don't think people like seeing 19 year old kids straight armed being knocked out. Um, you know, even in the NFL games, like I don't like seeing that quarterback that was just knocked out and, you know, doing the scarecrow as he goes oh, down. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's tough to see. And, and now with the yeah. education and everybody thinking they know more, which they do, um, some people just don't want to stand for that. And like, so the NFL put in a rule um, that you can't blindside hit anybody. So that means on kickoffs and stuff, like if that guy's not looking, you can't take his head off. The NHL That's a good thing. Yeah, the NHL can do that mm-hmm. immediately. And the NHL and yeah. the NFL work together mm-hmm. as far as like the, they're taking the same tactics and tools from the lawsuits. Um, and, and they work together on the consensus stuff. I know it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um, so, so why don't you really so work together? Start adapting some of their rules. And that's the nice part too. It's kind of like one of those things that you were just saying too. It's like a set pick almost that they're not, obviously they're not trying to, you know, set a pick on you in a sense, but like, it's almost like a give and go play. And then someone's trying to forward check and then your defenseman stepping in just to like, let your forward go. They're not seeing it coming. And obviously if it's head contact or you jump into a hit and, you know, an elbow extends or something stupid like that, they, it's not necessarily called. It's kind of one of those things that if you see, someone get hit in the head, you'll see their head whip back, and then you'll see an arm go up. But why aren't refs, you know, more involved in a sense where, you know, when head contact is involved, why don't they call it right away instead of being like, oh, well, he's injured. Now let me call a penalty. Yeah, I mean, I think the game is fast, and sometimes they do miss it. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, maybe they need to add another ref, you know. <laughs> I don't, Can you I don't imagine know. a fifth system? <laughs> A five-man system would yeah. be insane. Right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I don't know, man. It's some stump nice. on that. You know, the refs are a whole other issue. Exactly. So. But uh, – go ahead. Now – go ahead, Siege. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Dan, it's, can um, you touch it's on a, your Chapter 5 uh, foundation? A transition program that was actually born um, – uh, because of Steve and and he struggled so hard um, the first year and a half of finding his path and and what he wanted to do next and his purpose, which is I I think like super essential um, to uh, kind of ending your first life as a hockey player and beginning a new one. Um, and uh, so it's called Chapter Five, and it's the next uh-huh. chapter in your life in five because that's the number that Steve wore in Chicago. Um, and uh, again, we just help. Uh, players or, or former hockey players transition into life after the game and a lot of it has to do with self-discovery and then setting them up uh, for treatment to be honest with you um, because a lot of them are just are so hurt and they don't even realize it so gaining um, you know helping them uh, gain some knowledge treatment wise not waiting until they're 40 to start chipping away at that um, and then my wife uh, works actively with the girlfriends and wives and family members about signs and symptoms they could recognize in, in their spouses or uh, family members. And um, it's just an educational platform, really, uh, and a connecting platform. And uh, we do things in an informal way because, you know, I don't want to see a suit in front of me. I want to um, I want to talk to somebody that's been through it. And I think that's the most effective way. So. Absolutely. Nice. And then you, you spoke about... Yeah, so uh, this week, um, I'm actually place, looking to close on a 20-acre farm, a 20,000 square foot of indoor greenhouse space, mm-hmm. and uh, that's hopefully going to happen tomorrow after our meeting. And then 
Um, if that all goes well, then what I'm doing is uh, opened up a plant health company um, called, uh, well, I, I'm deciding on the name right now. Um, but we're basically, what, what I'm going to do is farm um, <laughs> and different types of cannabinoid genetics to be put into specific products. Um, and melded with mushrooms as well as specialty herbs. I'm bringing on a mycologist um, to address those two things. And we're going to put it into the products and make a product line that has helped me regain my life back. Um, uh, yeah. uh, and, uh, yeah, that's phenomenal. That's awesome. And, you know, yeah. not to interrupt you. And it's one of those things that, you know, I dealt with anxiety. I dealt with depression. Um, I was in the military for six years. I dealt with PTSD, I guess you can say. And, yeah. um, you know, CBD has really opened me up to a new, um, how do I say, a new, like, gate, I guess you can say. It, right. it, it was one of those things that, for me, that I, I hate pharmaceutical. Um, yeah. I, I don't like medication like that, pills, stuff like that. I like stuff that is natural, that comes from the ground. Um, and Riley was the first person really kind of, like, opened me up to that. So yeah. I truly, truly believe in CBD and I know my entire yeah. family does. So it's nice to hear that your wife's involved and, you know, you have the, the actual support from your family and your loved ones. Yeah, she actually, uh, the last, finally, the last three days, she's been um, using it to treat her migraines. That's phenomenal. She gets a lot of migraines and uh, she said that she's a believer now too, because um, they took her migraines away. So um, yeah, man, it's, uh, <laughs> it's just amazing when you give somebody yeah. When you give somebody a, um, another option and it works for them and it's plant-based, I just, I love that. It, I just it love blows it. my mind too, because I, every time that like, yeah. you know, I'll have a little bit of, you know, body check wellness, um, oil from, and it, it's one of those things that it's when, it, how do I say it? It doesn't feel like a high or anything like that. It just relaxes you. It keeps you calm throughout the day. It makes you actually function and you don't have pain. Yeah. And that's the one thing that I truly love. You yeah, don't man. have the you homeostasis. Yeah, no psychoactive, and you achieve what we're all trying to achieve, right? Is less suffering, and um, and really just it helps you to stay in a present yep. moment, and that makes you a better parent. It makes you a better human being in general. Yep. It can make you a better athlete. It can apply to every single facet of your life. I would love to see so. that overtake pharmaceutical. I swear to God, I would nice. love oh, that. It's it well, it's coming. Hopefully one day. But T, um, you got anything else? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, Dan, I got okay. one more question and I'll let you go. My, you know, you, you said you're donating, you know, your brain to Dr. Carrick's right. Institute for further research after you pass away long, right. long, long from now. Like that, <laughs> that, that's just an awesome thing for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that? it's important to further research. Uh, donated my brain to Dr. Carrick because um, he's mm-hmm. just helped with, uh, with my recovery and education in this space. And um you know, again, it just, it goes to help another generation, you know, help my, my sons and my son and my daughters, um, you know, help you guys hopefully. And so uh, that's what it's all yeah. about is just um, creating another uh, generation where they don't have to deal with the same problems that we're dealing with. That's, so. that's one thing I would love to hear, man. And, you yeah. know, um, I, from us at Dusty Dimes, we appreciate you coming on and taking time out of your week, man. Um, especially cool, man. keeping us informed because Hopefully one day I get to meet you in person. That's one of those things that I would love to talk to you in person about this. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, yeah, I'd be, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah. Piece of shit. Cool, man. Well, no, I think, thanks for yeah. having me on. And I appreciate you guys raising awareness for, 
these types these types no, of absolutely. Uh, these types of things. No, man, we need more people like you, Dan, absolutely. honestly. So keep doing what you're doing. Cool, man. All right, boys. But, well, um just keep me up thanks, to date Dan. when it comes out and then uh and then yeah, all the best and hopefully our paths cross soon. Absolutely, absolutely. man. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks, Bye-bye. Bye. So for most people that um if you don't know Dan Carcillo, do your fucking homework, man. It it, it it's one of those things yeah. that um, for me, it's a touch, touchy subject because when I was little, um, I was bullied through school and, you know, in hockey, that's how I took out my aggression. Um, even when I played Bantams to midgets, um, all the way up to 18s and, and so on, um, I always used hockey as an outlet, except for me, yeah. I obviously didn't make it to the pros, unlike Dan, um, and Dan had his own experience and whatnot. But for him to finally step out and, you know, speak up for the people that truly are scared to speak out, it's like you have to give respect to the guy. You have to give respect to the people that are third, fourth liners that go through, you know, hell and back to even get ice time, to even get noticed. And, you know, for me, it's just I give him nothing but respect. You know, him and Riley are doing nothing but positive um, positives, not only for the Valley, but for the hockey world and just in the general public, you know, you have to get knowledge of this stuff. Yeah. And I'm sorry, pharmaceutical needs it's to just, it, dwindle. I should say, I'm sorry. That's my opinion. No, it is. It's one of those things too, that, you know, it, when I told you, man, like I, I, I saw, you know, his interviews and everything from his upbringing and playing hockey and the shit mm-hmm. that he went through. And I told you, Mike, and the audience doesn't know, like, I, I watching that and watching him, like, how he explained, like, I, I literally shed a tear, man. It was, it was upsetting. It was sickening and upsetting that knowing that, you know, the bullying in hockey yep. needs to fucking stop. If you're sitting there playing hockey and you're bullying another player in the locker room. Oh, you're a piece of stop. shit. Go do something. Go do something else. Go fucking hit a baseball. Go, go to the driving range. Hit some golf balls. Take your anger out on that. Don't don't go and make fun of somebody. Don't don't make them do things. Exactly. And do. the thing that you know, like, I, go because we don't we don't. I, I don't want to interrupt you, Mike. We, we don't we don't know. You know, Dan said he's a thirty goal. I didn't know that. Junior. Like if, if he doesn't, so, if 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 he goes and plays juniors and nothing happens to him and he doesn't have the aggression, place we don't know. He could have had six hundred yep. goals in his career. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know that. It's because of these fucking assholes that, you know, are bullying in junior hockey and midgets and shit like that. You got to stop, guys. And it's funny, too, because when I did get into fights and scrums like that, um, you know, it was one of those things that I just try to fucking kill the guy, you know? And now it's just because, I'm not going to lie, like I said before, you know, early in the podcast, Danny was one of those things that I truly looked up to because he was a smaller guy. He was a forward. I was a defenseman. But... I always looked at not necessarily the tough guy, but the guy that always had someone's back to look up to because I never really had that. I was always the guy that I was, you know, in Bantams, I was the bigger guy. In Midgets, I was average size. 18s, I was small, right? I didn't really go through that growth period. Mm -hmm. Um, And same with Danny. Like, it's one of those things. He was like 5'11", 6 foot. And I think he was like 5'11 when he got drafted or something like that. Like, he wasn't a big guy. But yet he was scrappy yeah. and he protected his own. And that's the one thing, like, as a young kid, I realized that, like, I was like, damn, th- this guy got drafted in what, 03? I think he was like a 73rd overall by, I- I'm pretty sure, Pittsburgh, right? And Hayden yeah. Pittsburgh, 
But then all of a sudden I watch him play against us and it's like, who the fuck's this guy? And then all of a sudden we have him on the team and I fucking love him. Like I, a lot of people didn't like him and that's your own, you know, that's your own opinion. I respect that. You know what I mean? But my opinion is I truly enjoyed the way he played, the way that he showed his heart. And yeah, he just said it like the way that he released his emotions were, was on the ice, but you just heard himself mm-hmm. off the ice. He's a genuine human being just dealing with issues that he's trying to figure out himself. Like we all have issues, man. No yeah. one's perfect. Nobody. Yeah. And and you look at it, it's again, stop the fucking. Yeah. Bullying, please. That's the thing, man. Like I, I don't appreciate that. Like, the one thing that I do love about my 16 team is we went from kids that weren't coached correctly. Um, I put it into their mind that, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. But as soon as you guys start losing, you need to pick each other up. And I had a couple of cancers on my team. I moved lines around and now we're starting to like yesterday uh, we lost four nothing. Right. But the entire time, they're picking each other up. They're like, yo, boys, like, come on. We still have opportunities. Like, we have scoring chances. Like, we're going to pull this back. And even though they lost 4 nothing, they were still a team. And that was the first time I truly saw them gel together. There was no picking, no pointing fingers. And, you know, I went to the locker room and I told them, I was like, you know, yeah, we lost that game. Yeah, it was one of those things that you know, they're just a very good team that we played against, but I'm very proud of you guys because you didn't bring each other down. You know, in the second period, they got a little soft. And then in the third period, my captain, who I truly trust on picking his team back up, he literally did that. He looks at me, he's like, coach, like we're, we're starting to do our old, our old bullshit. And I looked mm-hmm. at him, I was like, well, fix that. And he goes right down the bench and he's like, let's fucking go boys. Like we're going to do this. Like, that's a true captain, man. That's what I want to see my entire team, even if you aren't wearing an A or a C or if you're a net. Pick each other the fuck up instead of bringing each other down. Yep. Like, I wish it was more like that in not only hockey, but just our generation in general. Just life. Why be negative to someone that is cleaning the streets for you or, like, picking up your trash? You should thank them. Yeah. Be like, you know what? Thank you. <laughs> because, like, it's one of those things, like, if we didn't have them, like, no offense, like, I don't want to sound selfish, like, it's one of those things that we'd have to go down and drive our trash down somewhere else and drop it off somewhere. You know what I mean? Like just because they have a shitty job, you shouldn't shit on them. Yeah. That's the way I think about it. Sorry. I get on a fucking rant and I just keep going. <laughs> now nah, you're good, man. You're good. Woo! Danny, man. Like, I don't know. It, it was one of those things. I was super excited to talk to him just because I'm not, not sound like a fanboy, but you know what I mean? Like it is one of those things. Like I was excited, you know, he went through yeah. shit and, you can relate to a lot of a lot of things that he went through, not from a professional standpoint, but you know, day to day. Yep. But anyway, fuck. Nah, you're good, man. <laughs> you're good. You're good. I just start going. Mm. I'll tell you right now, um, for most people that don't do fantasy hockey, you should do fantasy hockey. Mitch Marner has been giving me some points. Um Let's do a rundown. So I'm currently playing TJ and fantasy hockey. Unfortunately, we're only doing a four man league and fuck you, TJ. You won. <laughs> T- I told you, I told you I was going to oh, win. Oh my God. He beat me by, uh, not even, he beat me by nine points. He won 95 to 86. That's some dog shit. I have to, Oh my God. I have to play, um, Donato Tucker. No Tucker next. Oh, I'm zero and one, and then I think Tucker's def- Tucker definitely lost. There's no way he beats Donato. Yeah, 
No fucking way. So you and Donato are next. And I hope Donato whoops that ass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, no way. So real quick, let's talk a little bit more about hockey. So for, for me, um, this past weekend, like I said, I coached U16s. Um, my team is currently 10-4-1. Technically, we're 10-5-1 because we lost one non-league game. But league-wise, league we're 10-4-1. Um, we just played a team on Saturday who was not up to our caliber. We, we were up 2 nothing going into the second. And then, what was it, 3 or 4 nothing? No, it was only like three nothing. No, it was two nothing going in the third. I believe I lied. Yeah. Two nothing mm-hmm. going in the third, and you know I pull my guys in. I look at them and I was like, "Listen, I'll tell you guys right now, like the next on Sunday we played basically a double A team, dropped down to a single A uh, division, and I, I, you know, I, I broke it down. I was like, if you guys play like this tomorrow, you're gonna get pumped. Not, and I shit you not, dude. That they, third they, period, they pushed the other teams. Shit, they it was bad. Pumped. It was bad. Pumped. <laughs> I looked at them because the that week prior, I gave them a true bag skate. Uh, for most people that don't know what a bag skate is, you throw a bucket on the ice with a shovel in it. Um, coaches either fill the bucket up with snow or puke. I do snow. I don't want fucking a bucket filled with puke. That's disgusting. Yeah. So. Um, I skated them for a good 45 minutes um, instead of a full hour and like 15 minutes of, I want to actually get 30 minutes of somewhat stick handling and whatnot. And um, they looked at me and I, you know, every single one of them, I had them do a, like, how do I say, almost like a Herb Brooks situation where what do you want to do within the next couple of years of hockey? You know, where do you see yourself? And every single one of them said their goal is to make playoffs, if not districts. And the way that we're looking, we definitely play that way, Uh but you don't have to tell me I'm the same way. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah, trust me. We play that way, but then we have our slight breakdowns. And the one advice that I was always told is, you know, it's not necessarily how many things you do good, but it's how many times you have it breakdowns, if that makes sense, like how many times you mess up. And I believe Phil Kessel said that. I'm not 100% sure. Don't quote me on that. But it's true because, you know, the amount of times you mess up and if you're playing against a good team, they will capitalize. And on Sunday, that's what happened. And, you know, I told my guys, you know, keep putting shots on net. The goalie isn't as strong as our goaltender. Our goaltender had 35 shots, maybe, I think, two goals at that time. And the kid was just playing lights out. And our guys had maybe 14 shots. And technically, we had two goals, right? Um, We scored with um, maybe – there was no time on the clock. So, we scored with zero seconds left, in my opinion. But if we had an extra second, it definitely would have been a goal. And then um, I pulled my goalie, made it a six-man. We scored. Um, they called it no goal. It is what it is. You know, as much as I want to blame the refs, I can't because it's just the way that we played. You know, instead of playing simple hockey, we want to try to do toeies we, at the blue line in the neutral zone. And with that type of team, they, t- you know, if you turn it over, they went down automatic rush and, you know, they got a scoring opportunity. And I would say about 50% of the time they scored. They were a good team. And – that's the biggest thing with, you know, I see young teams and junior teams and even, you know, some pro teams. Yeah, you can be fancy and as skilled as you think you can be. But when you play against a skilled team just as equally skilled, if not better, they mm-hmm. will take advantage of those odd man opportunities or those mess ups that you guys like want to do at the blue line. So my biggest or my best advice is if you don't have anything, say, for instance, you're on a 1v2 and you're the one, get a deep change. Curl back. Let your forwards come back out. Yeah, or curl back, go D to D, and bring it regroup. 
Like, let your guys come back out so you get an even man rush. Or, say, for instance, you get the odd man rush, like a 2v1 or a 3v2. Like, that's the biggest thing I stress is when you play faster-paced hockey, it's not a matter of how skilled you are. It's a matter of how well you, you know, make the game simple for yourself, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Work smarter, not stupider, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, like, fuck, fuck. Instead of stretching a man, you know, you know, 180 feet, send the guy six feet. Yep. Look at the, you know, the head man, instead of trying to go, you know, skate it yourself. Like, that's the one thing that just kills me, man. Like, you know, as much as I want to say I wasn't the superstar when I played growing up, trust me, I wasn't. I'd be the first one to admit that. But same time is I know simple hockey. I watch simple hockey. I love to play simple hockey because it's the right way to play. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm not a hands guy. I don't have, I can't be pulling toes left and right. Like, if I ever make to the show, if I'd maybe be a bubble player, fourth liner, like, let's be realistic. But, I agree. I agree. Same way. I just fucking rip pucks. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. But like, that's the thing. Like, even what Danny was saying, it's he had a certain role. He he kind of like you know molded himself around it. Even though yeah. when he was younger, that wasn't his intentions. No, it's it. His first year in Sarnia, he had 66 points. That's, and his, oh. his, ne- his next – that's a, almost a point a game. He played 68 it, games. That's disgusting. Second year, he had 59 and 61 games. That's what I mean, man. Like, I can't even call him a kid because, you know, he's like 10 years older than me or not even. But and then he had – then he played – he was with Sarnia for 12 games, had nine points. Then he went to Mississauga Ice Dogs in the O and had 18 points in 20 games. And then he went up to – he was with Wilkes-Barre. Yeah, man. I'll tell you what. For what he's done um, playing-wise, I respect yep. it. For what he's doing off the ice, I absolutely e- respect even, it. Even more, man. I respect it a thousand percent. Yeah, man. So, um, you know, to wrap this podcast up, you know, it's one of those things that we truly appreciate everyone that does listen. And, you know, that has been – if you're new, thank you for, you know, coming aboard. And for the people that have been with us since episode one, thank you more than anything. Yep. Um, but also we can't thank enough our sponsors that have been helping us out and truly been having our backs. And like I said, you know, the previous podcast we've been announcing got a hockey and, you know, got a hockey has been our newest uh, sponsor. And for us, um, we're grateful and we truly know them personally on and off the ice and on and off the air and, you know, what they're doing, um, with their uh, company and their brand. Um, they're slowly expanding with Danny and also with uh, Riley. So if you guys want to learn anything about Gotta Hockey, go to the Facebook and type in Gotta Hockey. They also have an Instagram page, G-O-T-T-A. Um, they're also looking into a Tier 1 program for AAA players and junior players. That um, We'll get more details as of right now. It's not set in stone. So we'll get more into uh, – more info, excuse me, more info for your for tier one, if not tier two players. Um, but as of right now, from what they told us, they're looking for tier one guys and junior A players for a tournament coming up. So chowder we'll get Yep, we'll we'll get you guys more info once we get the info. And uh TJ, take it away, brother. Yeah, guys, uh need of a stick, gloves, go check out AT eight hockey. AT eight hockey is just I, I tell you, man, I, I can't get enough. I can't get enough of the sticks. <laughs> Love them. I really can't. Like they're just the gloves they, are beautiful. The gloves are awesome. They got hats. They have you know, uh, 
like Under Armour Dry Fit. Go check them out on uh, Instagram and Facebook at 88 Hockey. And uh, when it comes to your merchant, excuse me, when it comes to your hockey merchandise, you know, everyone should go check out goodwithockey.com, where our friend Kelly has partnered up with Team USA gold medal winner John Chiavo uh, to create a brand that gives back. Oh, recently recently signed signed. Quad City. Yeah, baby, SPHL. Woo! That's fucking Recently signed. So congratulations, Congrats, John. Glad to hear that, brother. You know, um, like I said, it's one of those things that we love supporting uh, people that truly give back. And that's one of those things that this brand does. Um, if you guys want to help other people out that truly does um, that, excuse my language. I can never speak when I do these. Oh, it's frustrating. So I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> if you guys want to help back other people that don't have a lot, go to goodwoodhockey.com, purchase yourself a score nebula t-shirt and adult or youth. Um, a portion of the proceeds will go directly to those in need of clean water. And yep. that's directly from Kelly and John Chiavo. Um, and like I said, Goodwood Hockey is all about giving back. And us at Dusty Donuts, we truly love that. Um, so, yeah, go give them some love at goodwoodhockey.com. Let them know that you listen to us, and maybe you'll get a promo code. Absolutely. And last but not least, we want to give a shout-out uh, to Dangle Productions. If you guys need jerseys for men's league, your youth team, your tournament team, go check out Dangle Productions on Instagram and Facebook. And uh, last but not least, you know, we, we want to dedicate this, uh, this episode to Steve Montador. We really do. Yeah, rest in peace, brother. Steve, thank you for everything that you've done for uh, Danny and also, like, the way that you made him and mentored him through everything that he went through. Honestly, man, you're a good human being. So for everyone that is listening, um, you know, rest in peace, Steve. So thank you again. Stay dusty, everyone. Stay dusty. dusty.